G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as the principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Our series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2. We are beginning John Chapter 15, and the theme of this chapter is the true vine. It's not only the theme of the chapter, it's the theme of this particular lesson, the true vine, based on John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. One of the methods that John the evangelist uses in this gospel to persuade people that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of David, the soon coming king, and simultaneously the Son of God. He uses what is called the I Am statements, like, I am the bread of life, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here in John 15, in the very first verse, he says, I am the true vine. Remember that I am is the divine name. How else does John persuade? He presents us at the end of chapter 5 with the five credible witnesses to the identity and work of Jesus of Nazareth. He also gives us seven miracles. These are messianic miracles. They're not just to bless and alleviate suffering of the beneficiaries of the miracle. It's also a signpost saying, look, this guy who's doing the miracle is more than a prophet. He is the prophesied coming Messiah, who is now here. So through the miracles, through the witnesses, through the I am statements, oh, and let us not forget the many descriptions and titles found in John's gospel, beginning with the very first verse, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amazing. Jesus is the living Word of God. And that's why we hold on to the Bible very tightly, because the Bible, all of it, points to Him, the living Word. So many wonderful ways John uses to build the irrefutable case, as described in John twenty thirty one, that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that in believing we may have life in his name. Now, the lesson, the true vine, based on John 15, verses 1 to 8, let me point your attention to the last two verses, verses 7 and 8, here in John 15. Let me read them to you. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, 
ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So this is John 15, verses 7 and 8. Praise God for this wonderful word. What is Jesus saying here in verse 7? And we'll, of course, elaborate even more in the extended program. But what he's saying is a statement that's the key to getting answers to prayer. Now, would you like the key, this priceless method of opening up the windows of heaven and having your prayers answered, not only powerfully, but promptly? Well, here it is, John fifteen seven. If, and that is the big word, if you abide in me, because not everyone professing Christ actually does so. If you abide in me, and my words abide or live in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. We've learned a bit about abiding in Christ, and I dare say we're going to learn some more. To live in Christ, to let Christ live in us, and to not just live in us, and we in him, but to live for Christ. In other words, putting the cause of Christ and the kingdom as our number one priority. I am thoroughly convinced that when we put first things first, namely God and his kingdom and his righteousness, all our earthly needs will be met. That's including emotional, financial, social, familial, directional, in physical health, as well as in other areas of our lives, having health and healing. Not only do we have spiritual help, we have eternal help. We have it all. Put God first. All right, let's read John 15, verses 1 to 8. Our lesson is called The True Vine, based on John 15, 1 to 8. This is the Word of God. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Our reading is from John 15, verses 1 to 8, and our lesson is called The True Vine. All right, let's begin with the very first verse of John 15, which is about the true vine. Jesus begins his final I am statement about being the true vine. All right, the ancients who lived in Israel would have understood this metaphor well, but it may not be such common currency for modern mortals. Even for those who do not and have not grown up around grapevines, this discourse speaks volumes about the nature and work of Jesus Christ. 
and of our relationship with Him. If we can understand and apply the precepts of the true vine to our life, we will not just be victorious, but we will be exceedingly fruitful, bringing blessing to us, but most importantly, glory to God. So let's focus on the fact that Jesus is the true vine, the Father, meaning the Heavenly Father, God the Father, God Almighty, is the husbandman. So the Father tends to the vineyard, and Jesus is the vine. Now he makes the statement here, and we need to uh, examine it carefully. In verse 2, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. First, Jesus speaks of the branches that are in him. Obviously, this refers to believers. It says that those who do not bear fruit will be taken away. Now, this sounds very menacing. In fact, it raises the question, can a real Christian somehow not make it in the end? In other words, you are following Christ legitimately, but somewhere along the way, you miss the boat and you're lost. Very troubling if it's a real believer, not someone who's nominal, not someone who's Christian only, not somebody who goes through the motions and attends church and puts a coin in the offering bag and smiles nicely at others in the service. We're talking about people who actually opened their hearts to Christ and were born again. Are they really going to be taken away? Well, there is an alternate translation given by trustworthy conservative scholars that this word, instead of saying that the branches that don't bear fruit are taken away, the other way to put it is they are lifted up. And this means that the unfruitful branch in Christ is lifted up from the ground, so it receives more air, more sunshine, access to more water, thus increasing the chances of fruitfulness, whereat earlier there was fruitlessness. So this is an important point, and I'm not going to give you a final conclusion, but all I can tell you is this. At the end of the day, we need to follow Jesus, as if our lives, our souls, our eternity depend on it. We are not saved by works, we are saved by grace through faith. But faith does know how to work. So the and there's the branches in Christ that bear fruit, and he says they are purged or cleansed, so that they'll even bear more fruit. It is of the utmost importance to remove dead wood, since it can be the source of disease and decay. The Heavenly Father loves fruit. So regardless of our interpretation to part one of this verse, it is incumbent on everyone who names the name of Jesus to listen to his words and to allow the Holy Spirit in them to bear fruit in Christ's name. Let's go to verse 3 of John 15. As often is the case, Christ's words are explained. The cleansing of the fruit-bearing believer, which is called a branch, comes from nothing less than the word of God itself. What does he say here in verse 3 of John 15? Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Very important point. God's word is a lamp in the dark a sword that divides, a rule to live by, a convictor of sin, a teacher of holiness. It is actually said very explicitly in the epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 5, 
Verse 26, about Jesus himself, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. That's the church. Sanctify and cleanse it with what? With the washing of the water by the word. Let me repeat that. Ephesians 5.26 That he, referring to Jesus and the church, might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. The word is a wonderful means of cleansing our lives. When you hide the word of God in your heart, according to Psalm 119 verse 11, you will not sin against God. What a powerful cleansing thing the word of God is. Then we go on to John 15, verse 4. Abide in me. Jesus gives the grand invitation, perhaps in more accurate to call it the command. Abide in me and I in you. The word abide is meno, M-E-N-O, in the New Testament Greek, meno. Meno means to remain, to tarry, to sojourn, and is used metaphorically about God in Christ. So we are to remain in Christ, wait or tarry with Christ, sojourn or live with Christ, and he in us. So this is the secret of bearing fruit. Just think of the analogy of fruit trees. A healthy fruit tree does not have to struggle, strive, or perspire in order to bear fruit. All the fruit tree has to do is abide in the soil, Drink up the water that is provided, as well as soak in the sunshine. Man, it's an easy life. The same with living in Christ. Bearing fruit should be effortless as we walk according to the Word, as we live in the power of the Spirit, and as we're rightly related to the body of Christ. Then Jesus states the simple and obvious. No branch can bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. Likewise, No Christian can bear fruit in God unless Christ lives in them and they in Christ. Wonderful. How about the next verse? John 15, verse 5. Christ the vine. The Lord reiterates that he is the true vine and we are the branches. When there is a mutual abiding, that means the believer in Christ and Christ in the believer, the same bears much fruit. This is guaranteed. Then Jesus reiterates an important and stark truth. He says, without me, you can do nothing. Well, this does not mean that we cannot make a mark in this temporal world. People do it all the time, and they don't know Jesus. And frighteningly, they may never know Jesus. So they can do some things, but it's only of a transitory nature. But what does Jesus mean that without me you can do nothing? What he means is only in him can we produce good, long-lasting, eternal things. And without him, we are incapable of producing good, long-lasting, eternal things. Our dependence on Christ is not some kind of reproach of a pusillanimous, weak, wimpy, spineless individual. No, our dependence on Christ is healthy, realistic, humbling, and ultimately glorifying. Because humility is simply the acknowledgement of both needing and wanting Christ. Humility and dependence on Christ keeps us safe, and it attracts true humility 
that attracts unlimited grace. Because as it is written, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, there are some serious dangers about not abiding in Christ. In fact, they are dire. The inability or refusal to abide in Christ, according to John 15:6, means that the branch, fruitless branch, rebellious branch, is cut off, cast out, and withered away. And this is only the beginning of sorrows. The fruitless, withered branch is then gathered up by men, cast into the fire, and burned. Let's be honest, doesn't this sound like a metaphor of hell itself? The very thing Christ came to this planet to save us from. Christ is the Savior, and this is what he saves us from, provided, of course, we abide in him. On to the important question of who are the branches that are cut off and burned? Are they true believers who went astray, or were they never believers at all? The most likely interpretation, true disciples of Jesus will not fail to abide in him, and the end result is that they will bear fruit. Otherwise, they're not following the Lord and henceforth cannot be spiritually considered to be disciples. They may look like it outwardly to the world, but God knows the heart. Verse 7, secret to answered prayer, which we've covered already, but I'll repeat it. This is one of the great promises of Scripture. When you abide or live in Jesus and he in you, you can ask what you will and it will be done unto you. But remember, when you abide in Christ, it ensures that you will ask wisely and righteously, not selfishly or frivolously. Then our final verse for this lesson, John fifteen eight, the win-win. It reads, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. The principle of abiding in Christ means a win-win for the side of good. God gets glorified, the disciples bear fruit and have answered prayer, and the manifestation, vindication, and honoring of the disciples is made plain to the world. Yes, I said, we all win who are on God's side. Now our lesson is called The True Vine. What is our lesson for life? Abiding in Christ and learning to abide in Christ is not merely wisdom. It is also transformational for those who practice it and also to the world. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.